Hi, I'm Kirsten Siggins, and welcome to the Institute of Curiosity podcast. For the last 12 years, together with my business partner, Kathy Taberner, who's also my mom, we've helped people build relationships that don't suck, especially in conflict. Every Thursday, Kathy and I will be sitting down together and sharing our unique model for having real conversations and handling emotional situations to make it easier to stay connected and build relationships that don't suck personally and professionally. This week, Kathy and I are talking about something that most of us never think about, our conversation health, and why understanding what you're feeding your conversations can change the way you live. Let's get started. Kristen. Today, let's talk about conversations. We often refer to people today being reactive in their conversations. And what does this mean? That's such a great question. I think that what I've learned through the work that we've done, there are two big ahas that have come out of it for me. One of it is that we all struggle with communication skills. When I say that, people think, well, yeah, I know that. But what I find so fascinating about it, at least for me when I figured that out, is that a lot of the times we get hired for the jobs, our jobs that we get hired for, I should say, we get hired because of the communication skills that we have. And we never get taught how to communicate, right? These are skills that are just expected of us. And they're expected that we do well, and we don't learn them. And yet we struggle with them. Like most people will say that they struggle, especially in emotional situations. And when we get into these emotional situations, the second aha I had was that we hear our parents' voices coming out of our mouth. When we get into like our backs up against the wall and we feel emotional, we react. And what we hear is our parents' voices coming out of our mouths because that's what we've learned and that's what we know. And so when we refer to reactive conversations, they're just that. They're almost unconscious. And I say unconscious because it's like a knee-jerk reaction, right? We're reactive. We're in the moment and we're saying, we can be saying and doing things that we don't necessarily agree with or we don't necessarily want to say but we're in that moment and something's pushed our buttons and we just react and words come out of our mouth or we're in a moment and somebody says something that rubs us the wrong way and we react by judging or fixing or solving and and in these reactive conversations or in these reactive moments we don't necessarily have control over our emotions and we don't necessarily feel that we're in control of what we're saying. It's just this knee-jerk reaction and it has such a major impact on our relationships and our conversations. And it's just something that we don't really consider because a lot of us have reactive conversations every single day. So then we, we talk about that's what people are doing in this day and age. But so what, what, what do you see as the alternative, what we should be doing? Well, it's interesting because what we've learned from this reactive place is that it releases the stress hormone. And, you know, we're, we're sort of going through our day unconsciously aware of how we're communicating. And I had this really interesting epiphany where I had really no awareness of how I was showing up and how I was having my conversations. In fact, I believe that I was an amazing communicator. I really and truly did. I thought I was an amazing listener. I thought I was an amazing friend. And what I was, was a a really great fixer and solver and telling people what to do. And that's not an effective way to build relationships. And when my relationship sucked, it was really easy for me 
to blame everybody else. And I hear this a lot. You know, it's like if my boss was only this or my kids, you know, if my kids could do this better, we'd have a better relationship or my friend, you know, or a guy or a girl in a relationship, whatever it may be. It's really easy to blame other people when our relationships suck. And what I've realized is that we just don't have that awareness around our conversations and that we're responsible. You know, we always have a choice to do better in our conversations. So one day I was listening to a, a podcast with um, Sarah Gottfried. I hope I pronounced her name right, Dr. Sarah Gottfried. And she studies hormones and it's, she's doing some really interesting work. And she was talking about how calories are not equal. When you look at the health of our bodies, most people think calories are calories. But what she was saying is 100 calories from a can of Coke is not equal to 100 calories from a bowl of broccoli. They're going to be processed differently in our body. You know, a can of Coke is going to release the stress hormone cortisol, whereas a bowl of broccoli is going to nourish our cells. It's going to nourish our body and help us fight disease. And in that moment, I had this interesting sort of aha where I realized conversations are exactly the same. And what we've learned through the work that we've done is that conversations like calories are actually not equal. We can have common conversations, those reactive conversations, and they're conversations that a lot of people have every day. I know I used to have them every day where we fix and we solve and we judge and we blame and we shame all without even realizing it. And we get into that reactive place and that releases the stress hormone cortisol. And it can kind of like a can of Coke, it can make us feel good in the moment, you know, and it's, you know, it's like an unconscious choice. We're just reaching for it. It's easy in that moment, but it's, it's the same with conversations where it's, we're kind of unconscious in how we're doing it. We're reactive. We're just going to what we know without really thinking of what the consequences are going to be, but it's not great in terms of our health because it's stressing it out, stressing us out. And it's not great in how we build our relationships where the bowl of broccoli we have to be intentional and more conscious in our choices when we're reaching for that bowl of broccoli to nourish our bodies. And when we're having those nourishing conversations, those are the conversations we like to call them curious conversations. That's where we're aware of how we're showing up. We're present. We're actively listening. We're choosing to listen in a way so that we can focus on the speaker and asking those questions to better understand. And when we do that, when we can consciously come to a conversation and we're aware of how we're listening and if we're present and asking those questions to see, hear, and understand somebody, we release the dopamine, the feel-good drug. So we're, we're actually nourishing our relationships very much the same way that we are nourishing our bodies when we make healthy choices, the food that we eat. So it was this really interesting thing that I had never considered before where how we talk to people and how we talk to ourselves, there, there's a health component. And if we could be more conscious in how we show up in our relationships, it has such a huge effect on our, you know, the outcomes of our relationships as well as our leadership and just generally how we feel. I mean, what, do you, what have you noticed since we've come up with that analogy? I really like it because I think that the whole notion of when we nourish our bodies with broccoli or with healthy food, one of the things that we're messaging to ourselves is that we respect ourselves. We value ourselves. And I think when we do the same thing in conversations and show up in a more intentional way, 
we're messaging that we respect the person we're having a conversation with. We respect and want to develop a relationship that is going to be healthy, that's going to be, it's going to be helpful for both of us. So for me, I, I really like that. I think that it really fits with where people are at today. And yet, how do we get to that place of where we shift from being reactive in the, the second because we, it's easy and just someone asks us something and we react and we say whatever. We may judge, we may blame. It's just, it, it happens spontaneously. What's one thing that we can do to shift into a place of more intention where we're reaching for that bowl of broccoli, so to speak, when we are in conversations? Well, and that's such a powerful question because that I think is ultimately what so many of us struggle with is how do we do it? Because again, these are skills that we're not taught, we're just expected to do well. And I think that it's the same way that we have to invest in our health to stay healthy. You know, we have to choose to exercise, we have to choose to eat well, we have to choose to take care of our bodies and choose our mindset and choose how to manage our stress. We have to make those same choices with our conversations. And because these are skills that we're just, we're never taught, it's so hard for people to know how to do it. So for me, the first step was becoming aware of how I showed up in conversations. And a really simple way of doing that is to just take a step back and reflect and say, am I feeding my conversations a can of Coke or am I feeding my conversations a bowl of broccoli? Kathy, this is something that you and I talk about a lot and it's work that we've had to do with ourselves. What would it look like to have a conversation that just so that we can understand what that looks like? What does it look like to have a conversation is being fed a can of Coke versus a conversation that is being fed a bowl of broccoli? Well, for me, just like when I have a healthy salad for lunch, I feel better. And it's the same way when I'm in a conversation where I'm intentional, where I'm present in the conversation. I'm not multitasking. I'm not trying to do a million other things either in my head or in reality. So phone is not out. I'm not on the computer. I am not thinking about what I'm doing next or what I have to do later in the day. I am just there in the conversation in the moment. And that allows me to really listen to what someone's saying. And by that, I mean not just hearing the words, but also noticing the body language, tone of voice, how something's being said. Because, and that's, that comes with intention. When we're really present, we're able to notice all the nuances of what and how something's being said. And with that, when we're focusing, really focusing on the other person, what we learn is, is deeper and the connection becomes deeper. And then within the conversation, as, as we talk about all the time, we can, once we're really focused on the other person and not in a judging way, my, the little voice in my head is not going, nah, 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 she should be, whatever. The, my little voice in my head is quiet and I'm just there, not judging, really open to what they have to say. And instead of going to that judgy place of, that's so stupid. Why would she ever say that? Instead, I go to a place of, hmm, I'm wondering, what's her reason for thinking that way? You know, what's going on that she 
sees us moving forward in this direction, whatever it is. And once that little, that, that open question, one that can't be answered with yes or no, pops into my head, then I'm able to ask it. And once again, that's reinforcing the intention, being really in the conversation and asking the questions that are going to deepen it, deepen the connection, gain, help me gain clarity about what's going on. And with that also, the, the person who's talking will also gain greater clarity around what their perspective is, what their thoughts are. And through that, really seeking to understand the other person, because as I think both of us know, that's the see, hear, and understand is so important when we're in a conversation with another person. No, I agree with you. I think the little voice in my head was definitely sabotaging a lot of how I was listening. I, again, I thought I was listen, a great listener, but I was listening to fix and solve and judge. I wasn't listening to learn. And that was definitely standing in my way. And also being present is just like you said, is really important. And I, working with parents and, and leaders, what keeps coming up recently is this notion of how busy everybody is and how overwhelming life is and how difficult it is for people to be present. So there's two things that come up. It's, oh, well, I do this already, which yeah. once we dig deeper, they don't. And, and the second thing is, well, who has time for that? It's just so much easier for me to fix and solve and tell and judge and blame and shame all without even realizing it, right? I think it's important to note that. And yet they're frustrated because they're also not getting the leadership opportunities that they want. They're not cultivating the relationships with their kids or their partner or their friends the way that they want. They constantly find themselves in drama. They're not being listened to. There's so much resistance in their life and yet they're not choosing to do it differently. And so just having that awareness around how you're listening and how present you are helps you, at least for me and based on their feedback from clients, it helps them sort of reevaluate, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not investing in my conversation health the way I should be, right? It's a conscious choice, the same way that we have to invest in our health or our mental health or any type of health that we have, we have to consciously make that choice. But question is, well, why do I need it? What, how come this is so important? <laughs> Who has time for this? <laughs> and I laugh, but I think we're all just so overwhelmed. This notion of having to be present and having to actively listen is really hard for people to want to devote the time to. And it does take time. The other thing I think when we're in those judging reactive conversations there's a part of it that a lot of you use a strategy of becoming more almost aggressive to the point that we want to either intentionally or, or just through reacting and behavior, past behavior, shut the conversation down mm. so we can move on. We don't want to deepen the connection. We just want this to end because we've got a million things we have to do. And we, re, through that reaction, we, we shut it down in a way that does not help is feeding the conversation with a can of Coke instead of with broccoli. And broccoli takes longer to eat. You know, it, it just takes us longer to be in a conversation that is nourishing. And the end of it, I think everyone, I know I notice that I feel better at the end of a really connecting conversation, a conversation that I'm intentional, that I'm using, it's almost an art of 
of being in a conversation where I'm intentional and I'm really invested in it. And it doesn't have to be any longer. The end of it, we have a deeper understanding. And it's an understanding that from which, especially for leaders, they've been clear in what the instruction, the expectations are, so that the person's not coming back with work that does is is at as at odds with what they want. You know, having those those extra five sentences of of asking the questions and having the answers that help us clarify what the expectations are, ensure that the work that's done, the problems that are solved are the actual problems and we don't waste time. It becomes a much more efficient way of communicating and creating deeper connections. So that bowl of broccoli may take a a little longer to eat, you know, and nourishing our body. And you have to be more intentional when you're eating than when you're sipping on a can of Coke. And all of those things feed in using it as a metaphor or an analogy for, for conversation. It, I just think it's such a beautiful fit because it shows that we need to be more intentional. We'll feel better. Our relationships are going to be nourished. We're being more respectful with the person we're connecting with. And that leads to greater understanding, efficiency, and innovation. It, just, it makes a lot of sense. And what's the first thing? What do you think, Kristen, is one thing that people can take from this conversation that they can start practicing so that they can begin to, to reach out for the bowl of broccoli instead of the can of Coke? Well, I really feel that's a great question because that's where the struggle is, right? How do I do this? It sounds really great in theory, but how do I do it? And it's hard to make conscious choices, The same way it's hard to get up and exercise every day or make food from scratch or whatever it is, it can be hard to have to show up differently and create that change. But there are two things that come to mind. One, we have to give permission to ourselves to realize that we're never taught these skills and we are just expected to know how to do this well, especially in emotional situations. And for some of us, it doesn't work. And that is okay. Knowing that is the first step. And just accepting where you're at is the first step and and knowing that you always have the opportunity to change and you always have the choice to show up differently. So I think first is having that awareness and acceptance. And then the second step is investing in yourself, is taking the time to show up differently, taking, having that awareness every time you go into a conversation, how does this make me feel? Am I stressed all the time? Am I in a lot of drama when I'm talking to people? How much am I judging and fixing and solving? How much am I, you know, what's the story that I'm making up in my head about any given situation or any given conversation that I'm having and how true is it? And I think just bringing your awareness to how you're showing up and what's happening in those conversations. Are you listening to judge or are you listening to learn? Paying attention to that helps. What would you add? I, yeah, I agree. I think that I, w- I would invite people one in one conversation a day to become more intentional. And by that, I mean, just what Kirsten said around that awareness of being able to, in the moment, think about what's happening. And after the conversation, to be able to reflect back on it and just ask yourself the question, Am I intention- was I intentional or was I reactive? And what were the things that made this an intentional conversation that nourished our relationship or what made it a reactive conversation that didn't? And how do I feel because of that? 
And if we just begin to ask ourselves on a one conversation a day and then increase it as we become more agile with this, we're going to be able to slowly see where what works for us, what helps us to become more intentional in our conversations. And, you know, someone may be intentional a lot of the time. That's not my experience with my clients. However, that may be the way someone is. And if they're reactive, then to become reflective around how, how I can change this. What can I do differently to be more present, to really listen, to, to quiet the judgy voice in my head? I love that. I love that in part. And that's the owning it, right? That we all have a choice. We all play a part in every relationship. It's never just somebody else's fault. And I think first coming to that realization that we all play a role and we can all choose how we show up and we can choose how we feed our conversations. Are we going to nourish them or are we going to stress them out? Just having starting there and setting those intentions. And sometimes we fail miserably. I know for me, first starting out was hard because it's like, oh, I didn't do that right. And, and it's not about being right or wrong. It's just having that intention and the awareness and how you're showing up. And so we invite everyone to take the, that little step and to become more intentional in one conversation a day. And stay tuned because we'll be back next Thursday with another conversation. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. You can learn more about our work or access our free course at instituteofcuriosity.com and in our book, The Power of Curiosity, How to Have Real Conversations That Create Collaboration, Innovation, and Understanding. If you have a question, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Institute of Curiosity. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share with your friends. And don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. Thanks for tuning in. Stay curious and we'll see you next week.